This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 9.21. It's Thursday, the 11th of January. And a quick update on Bursa, Malaysia. This morning up 0.2% to 1,490 points. But I also do want to correct myself in terms of ETFs, what I said earlier on about it, differentiating uh, st- doesn't always reflect the value of the underlying asset. The The reality is it's usually very, very close, however. So if you're intending to trade in Bitcoin ETFs, just bear that in mind. But in the meantime, turning our attention to the bond market, because the last two months of 2023 saw an intense rally in bond prices spurred by expectations that central banks around the world will soon be cutting interest rates this year. This effectively set this effectively set the scene for a rebound in fixed income markets from a third straight year of declines. The US 10-year Treasury yield dropped 46 basis points in December after retreating 53 points in November. Now, this is the biggest two-month fall since 2008 when the US Fed cut interest rates during the global financial crisis. Now, with the past few years marked by persistent inflation and recessionary fears, will 2024 playbook sing a similar tune? Uh, to help us understand that and to give us a view, we have on the line with us just Liu, Chief Investment Officer, Fixed Income at Principal Southeast Asia. Good morning, Jesse, and thanks for joining us. Now, how has the bond, how did the bond market perform in 2023 across the world and Malaysia? Uh, firstly, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, when we look at Malaysia uh, in 2023, the return is uh, north of 6% and closer to about 7%. So a lot of the performance is really due to a more stable uh, policy rate that we see here in Malaysia. When we talk about the broader markets around the world, Asia bond in dollars returned about 8.5% thereabouts, whereas global bond returned about uh, close to 6% at about 5.7%, and US bonds returned about 5.5%. What were the key events that shaped the fixed income landscape in 2023? So when we talk about 2023, of course, the first half is really dominated by the uh, banking sector out of the US and, so, and also in Europe. So as we all know that uh, the collapses at several banks out of the US really caused a flight to safety for bond uh, investors. Uh, in that sense, uh, we saw Treasury rally a little bit subsequent to the failure to some of the banks. Uh, but that kind of subsided as we move into a second quarter or third quarter, whereby the support from government actually helped reduce uh, the risk out of uh, the banking sector in the US. Similarly, in the Euro area, we saw Credit Suisse, uh, Credit Suisse's failure and being overtaken by uh, UBS. That one is a little different, actually, because uh, in that episode, we saw the preferred bond market kind of have a major sell-off because of how the Credit Suisse perpetual bonds were being written off. So in that sense, the bond market was really, again, going to much more safer asset classes, whereby uh, chances are the bonds are senior and secured. Uh, investors would price it differently compared to the perpetual bonds. So that's one part whereby we are seeing major drivers of bond market out of the financial sector globally. The other part is really the uh, inflation narrative that is coming out from the US. In the first part of the year, I think a lot of investors were looking at interest rates to be reduced largely because there were still some expectations of hard lending. But that didn't actually happen. Uh, as we move along the year, the narrative slowly changed more and more into a soft lending. And because inflation came in rather stronger than market expected, the bond markets rallied and then su- subsequently sell off in the second and third quarter. 
So when we look into the entire 2023, these are really the two main factors that drove the bond market. So for 2024, what key events should we look out for? Well, I think this year, investors will still be looking at the inflation, although I think we are looking at a different kind of lens. So for example, I think investors are comfortable to adopt that outlook that inflation is transitioning lower as we go on, where investors are a little bit more cautious is really how aggressive markets are pricing the rate cuts. So as we look into uh, the end of last year, markets were actually pricing in more than about six cuts in terms of a U.S. Fed funds rate reduction. In that sense, I think the risk is not really about inflation actually moving down, but actually it's more about the aggressiveness of how markets are pricing it. Similarly, I think this year, it's more of elections. We look into the entire uh, geographical landscape. We have elections out of Asia, in the U.S. and even Russia and even in Europe. Of course, the focus would always be on uh, the key countries like U.S., India for their election outcomes. So that is one thing that um, investors will be looking uh, very close to. Lastly, I think uh, where investors might be still observing is actually how uh, the technical uh, side of uh, the bond market will be, especially in the U.S., largely because we are still seeing very large fiscal expansion out of the U.S. Uh, they are still going to have about a 6% deficit for 2024. So in this in this kind of an environment, markets would really want to look at how the funding is going to be for U.S. Treasuries, especially considering not only that they have to finance the deficit for this year, but also to cover up for the shortfall that they need to issue for last year. Now, Jesse, with interest rate hikes closer to the end, what are the other risks in store for global markets? So as I mentioned, pretty much about how much interest rate cuts is going to be priced into the market. If I look into the bond market and we observe the move index, we still see a lot of volatility. So I would say that for a bond investor, probably it is safer to, if you want to take duration, that's fine. But I would say that maybe to taper out that duration call and not get too aggressive in the first half of the year, at least, until there are more and more signs that the Fed's inflation target is getting closer and closer and is being met. Other than that, I don't see very big risk that is installed other than those that I've mentioned earlier. In Malaysia, I think we don't see a big risk coming out from monetary policy, largely because I think we have our inflation narrative pretty much controlled. And we also we are also seeing our fiscal deficit reduce uh, to a target of about 4.3%. So in that sense, I think that should be fine. The only caveat I have is maybe when it comes to Malaysia, everyone is expecting adjustment to our energy policy. So we might have or we might see inflation trend up a little bit, but it should be a short-term effect to the market. Jesse, is there still value in the bond market after the rally you saw in November, December? Yeah, so when we enter into January, we are seeing correction to the bond market. So, for example, if we're looking into the U.S. market, yields have actually moved back up from 3.7 to about 4%. That it kind of implies that the market has repriced from six cuts uh, to about five cuts now. So I think that correction might still come. Uh, We might see some weakness in the bond market, but I don't think it's going to be a lasting effect. So I, I still think that bond markets are still very attractive right now compared to where we were in a few years, especially before COVID and during COVID when we have zero interest rates. More importantly, I think there is a lot of runway for the narrative to go in terms of rate cuts. 
for example, uh, right now, U.S. policy rates are at 2.25, 2.5%. The U.S. neutral rate is about 2.5%. In that sense, let's say even if we factor in six cuts, U.S. monetary policy would still be considered uh, as uh, within the uh, restrictive area. So I, I would say that we are done with the peak now. And if we are going into a cycle whereby it's starting to reduce, uh, I think it is still attractive for uh, bond investors uh, to invest into it. For Malaysia, I don't think that we are changing a lot in terms of, as I mentioned, in terms of interest rate policy uh, outlook. We're still looking at a 3% 2024. So Malaysia, I would say, is a pretty much more uh, stable bond market as compared to the US. All right. Thank you for your time. That was Jesse Liu, Chief Investment Officer for our Fixed Income at Principal Southeast Asia. This conversation is brought to you by Principal Malaysia. Up next, of course, we have the 9.30 a.m. news bulletin, and that's going to be followed by Ringgit and Sense, where we explore the connection between behavioural dynamics and retirement planning. Just keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.